Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Orca Nerd Podcast. It is extremely windy here today in Florida, so if you hear any crazy noises back there, my apologies. We're just going to have to deal with it today. But today I'd like to do a uh, Meet the Orca segment. We haven't done one of these in a while, so I figured it'd be a good thing. And this story is a pretty happy story, too, so I hope you guys need a little bit of, you know, brightness and happiness in your life today, so here we go. In January of 2002, a young orca presumed to be about the age of two was all alone near Seattle, Washington in the Puget Sound. Being in a high traffic area with ferries and other boats, plus being alone was a cause for concern. The main goal for researchers was to figure out which family this young orca belonged to. The three most common communities in the Pacific Northwest are transients, northern residents, and southern residents. An orca biologist named Ken Balcom was close to the action with this young whale. He would pat the water and she would slap her flipper back to mimic him. Through the orca grapevine, if you will, two Canadian orca biologists named John Ford and Graham Ellis confirmed that this young orca from Canadian waters was from the northern resident community. With an ID of A73, they had previously named her Springer. From what those two scientists had gathered, Springer's mother had died. This is how Springer got separated from her matriline. Dr. David Huff, a veterinarian from Vancouver Aquarium, was asked to take a look at the young orca. In the Springer documentary, which I will link below in the description box, Dr. Huff said that her breath smelled like someone had just opened a can of paint thinner. This is caused by Springer's body using her body fat to keep her alive, also known as ketosis. About six months after the first sighting of Springer, the government gives the okay to rescue this young orca. Environmental groups were able to find enough money to get the proper tools and staff to get the orca to a CPIN, quote-unquote, hospital. The veterinarian staff wanted to give Springer a clean bill of health before moving her back to the Johnstone Strait, where her pod frequents to make sure that she did not carry any infections or any other kind of sickness to the other pod members. To make this move easier on Springer, marine mammal consultant Jeff Foster wanted her to trust the crew. The crew would use rope to graze over her skin to desensitize her to it. Other crew members would give her lots of love and scratches to bond with her. The day came at last to get Springer into the C-Pen hospital. The crew slipped the rope over Springer's tail to gain control over her movements. Next step was jumping into the water to make sure that her head was close to the surface for safe breathing. Then comes the transport sling under her belly to get her set for the move. The total boat ride back to the C-Pen was one hour. This gives the vet's perfect time to take blood samples to check her health. Once released into her temporary C-Pen, the staff knew that too much human contact could hurt the rescue effort. Cameras were used religiously to keep a close watch on her. Two main issues that the vet staff needed to fix was Springer's skin issue and getting her to eat. Orca skin is like our skin in the sense that we must remove dead skin in order to keep it healthy. Usually, orcas rub up against one another to help the skin naturally just left off. Without the contact of another orca, Springer was actually using a floating log to um, try to help her skin um, slough off. The crew decided to add a log to her C-Pen, which was held up by a rope attached to the line above the C-Pen. The staff also had a 24-hour water hose going in hoping that it would help her skin. The most important mission was to get Springer up to weight. Using a long PVC tube that the staff would place a fish into, the fish would slide down into the sea pen. She was only eating one to two fish a day, and it was still not enough food for her. Stool samples were taken to see if there was any other issues with Springer, and it showed that Springer had worms. The vet staff used horse and cattle deworming medication to help her immune system. Both vet staff members said that just two hours after the medication, Springer was very hungry. She was eating the proper food amount, her skin looked healthy, and her stinky ketosis breath was gone. Just one month in her hospital pen, and she was ready to go home. 
The Canadian government had one request before bringing her back to Canadian waters. They had asked if she could have a round of antibiotics just to make sure there could be no other illness transferred to the Canadian waters or to her podmates. The antibiotics were injected into a fish and was sent down her no-contact feeding tube. Springer had gained over 150 pounds just in one month, and now it was time to go back to home waters. Loaded on a fast boat and her sling, a special container was made for her. Springer and her crew make the 12-hour ride to the Johnstone Strait. Since Seattle waters are a little bit different from her home waters, vet staff had seawaters constantly pumping into her container. It would come into the container and then make its way back out into the ocean. This was to make sure that she was acclimated to the waters without giving any shock value to her body. Now Springer healed just in time. The summer months in the Pacific Northwest is when the northern residents come into the Johnstone Strait and hunt for salmon. And of course staff could not just release her out in the open and just have her fend for herself. So another temporary pen was set up for her. They wanted to make sure she could decompress from any stress from the 12 hour boat ride. That same night the northern residents came by. Springer was breaching and jumping and screaming at the passing orca pods. The next morning, a group of orcas seemed to be waiting just a few miles away from the sea pen. Springer continuously tried to get out of her pen. The staff was not sure if the release could be actually this easy. While John Ford and Graham Ellis were watching the orca pod from the boat, they gave the final vote to let Springer out of the sea pen. The staff placed a temporary tag on Springer, opened the nets, and pushed her under the boardwalk. Springer took one breath and then immediately beelined towards the awaiting orca. Everyone was cheering and so excited to see her go, and then Springer does a very Springer-like behavior. She stops and plays with some kelp. For the next couple of weeks, she would stay next to the group of orca, but never really join in. And in those same couple of weeks, she would start going up to boats again, which the crew was very nervous about. The crew was also a little disheartened as well that she had not joined the pod. She was so excited to get over there. To the team's amazement, one day an orca swims up to collect Springer. This orca is A51, Nadali's. Nadali's had lost her calf in the previous years, and Nadali seems to adopt Springer at this point. During the winter months, the northern residents always traveled north up to Alaskan waters. Springer's crew and people from all over the world questioned if Springer would come back. When the northern residents returned back in the summer of 2003, there was no sign of Springer. And then, early in July of 2003, Springer was spotted for the first time in a year with her adoptive mother, A51, and Springer's maternal great-grandmother, A30 Sitka. Now we're going to fly forward a little bit. We're going to go to July of 2013, and Springer would be about 13 at this time. She showed up in the Johnston Strait with her first calf, A104. Once an orca calf makes it over a year, most researchers will name them. A104 got the name Spirit. We're going to fast forward a couple more years. In 2017, Springer had her second calf. Now researchers waited to name this one, which was A116, and they named it Storm. I think with all the crazy things going into the news, um, it's, good to, it's good to know that some human intervention um, can create more life for these orcas. I mean, without Springer, we would be three orcas short. And I'll keep you guys posted on um, any Springer stories that I hear come up at all. Um, I'm waiting for her to possibly have another orca. I mean, the first one was about three years apart, so maybe this one could be three years apart. So keep your fingers crossed. All right, guys. Well, this was the end of this episode. Um, if you guys would like to, go ahead and uh, check out Orca Nerd Podcast on Facebook. That's where I get a lot of my feedback from and everything like that. I'll keep you guys up to date if a podcast episode is going to be late or if there's any more Orca news that I've been seeing. I hope you guys had a fantastic Monday, and we'll talk to you soon.